Joshua chapter number 6 tonight. We're going to begin to read with verse 1, read two verses of Scripture, and that's it, we'll be done there. Joshua chapter number 6, and we're going to begin to read with verse number 1. Joshua 6 and verse 1, if you're able and you can, willing, would you stand in honor of the reading of the word of the Lord. Joshua 6 and verse number 1. Bible said, Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out, and none came in. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thine hand Jericho, and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor. Father in heaven, thank you for the precious word of God tonight. Thank you for the privilege to come to the house of God. I thank you, Lord, for what you've already done for us today. And God, we know that those things are good. But Lord, we can't live in the past for sure. Help us, Lord, to realize and remember that we need you every service. We need your presence here at every time we come into the house of the Lord. And God, I ask you to move in the midst of us today. And God, you help us again tonight as we stand to preach. Lord God, if you'd bless us and help us, we'd sure give you the glory for it. Father, I pray you'd do work, Lord, in the hearts of men that only you can do. God, would you work in my heart, Lord, today? Would you help me, God, that I could uh, pay attention? And Lord, you reveal unto things, uh, reveal things unto me, Lord, that might need to be uh, conquered in my life so that the conquest can begin. And I pray, Lord God, you'd help me to, uh, to, to see myself and not look at others. God, would you bless each one of us to do that this evening? God, help us to look to ourselves and see, God, how we stand with you. And I pray, God, you'd help that one tonight that's maybe on their way to hell. God, they might be religious, but they're on their way to hell. God, I know that it's going to take you. It's going to take the Holy Spirit to draw them. And God, you're big enough that you drew me and you called me and, Lord, you dealt with me. And I bless your name, God, for you giving me the opportunity to be saved. And God, I thank you that that salvation's been eternal. And God, it will be eternal, and it's good forever from everlasting to everlasting. And Lord God, there's coming a day when I'll get to rest with you, and I thank you for that hope that we have in Jesus. Bless the preaching. Preach me like a dying man to a dying world, and I'll be careful to praise you. In Jesus' name I pray, for he is worthy. Amen and amen. Thank you, and you can be seated. We find that Israel has crossed over Jordan. We've said this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, that we we were preached on the crossing over and uh, what that what that represented and we've been preaching uh, uh, several weeks now or several couple of months now on the book of Joshua and uh, we find that they're settled in Gilgal they've come across the Jordan they've uh, accomplished already more than what their forefathers accomplished they uh, they the forefathers only got to the Jordan and they uh, heard of. Uh, of everything that was taking place on the other side in the land of Canaan and fear grasped them and they uh, had no faith and they went back and dwelt in the wilderness for around 40 years and and well uh, we find that this new generation has come along and, and they've done all the prep work they've, cr- they've, they've crossed Jordan they've got over Jordan they took the mark uh, you say what is the mark that was circumcision we find that Joshua uh, made them circumcised there's a lot of things that had been left off uh, from uh, for 40 years in the wilderness that the children of Israel had, had forgotten about. They had just forsaken things. Uh, let me say this while I'm on this point. You better be careful of the things that you leave off in the old time way. You better be careful of the things that we think we've outgrown and we think that we can do without because uh, there's no such thing as doing without the things of God. And there's no way that you and I can do it. We may get all the high-tech things that you can imagine. We may be on Facebook and on YouTube and, and we may have all those things, but they don't, none of that, take the place of the power of God in the house of God. I can promise you that. 
And what we need to realize today is that we still need old time power in the house of God. Well, uh, what had happened, they had, they had got over there and they had been circumcised because their forefathers had forgotten about the circumcision, the, uh, the command that God had made in identifying them. Not only had they took the mark, but we find that they had ate the meal. Uh, they got over and God fed them with the corn of Canaan. And that's what he fed them with. Uh, and not only had they uh, been circumcised, not only had they uh, taken the corn of Canaan, but they had also met the captain uh, as they got there. Uh, we go and we find there that there was Joshua standing before uh, this man as he's looking at Jericho. And we might get there next week. I don't know. Uh, but he's looking at Jericho and all of a sudden there's a man standing there with his sword drawn. And he said, who are you? Are you for us or you're against us? Uh, and he said, I'm the captain of the host uh, of the Lord. We, uh, all he is is a pre-incarnate Christ. Uh, and he's standing there and the Lord said, uh, or Joshua said, whose side are you on? Are you for us or, or are you against us? And he never answered that. Uh, but we can know for sure he was on the Lord's side. Amen. Because he is the Lord. Uh, now they await uh, these children of Israel. They're, they're, they're at Gilgal and they're awaiting their orders from the Lord. Boy, we get in trouble a lot of times because of that. We, we fail to wait on our orders. We, we want to take things into our own hands sometimes. Anybody been guilty of that? I like to take things into my own hands. I get in a mess sometimes when I do that. Oh, I think sometimes I know, more, know better for Billy Ray than what God knows for Billy Ray. And listen, if I just take time, let God settle the course, uh, let God take care of the stuff, I, I, I tell you, we'll be, I'll be a lot better off uh, than, than, I, than I would be otherwise. So uh, we find in verse number two that the Bible said, And the Lord uh, said unto Joshua, We find uh, the commandments coming. It's time for Canaan uh, to cease being a promise uh, and begin to be a possession. There's a lot of us today uh, that, that, first of all, we, we want the promises of God and we can have the promises of God but what we need is to quit dwelling on the promises and start taking the possessions that God said that we can have. Now listen, there's a, there's a difference between faith that believes the promise and the faith that possesses the promise. We can, believe, we can say, oh I believe God has all power. You ask the littlest feller in here. And ask them, does God, is God big? Is God all powerful? Oh yeah! Any of them been taught, brought up in the house of God, set in Sunday school class? Uh, uh, they'll they'll know God's real big, and there's nothing uh, that God can't do. But they think the same way about their daddy. All right, uh, let's just be honest. They have the same faith in their daddy that they have in their God right there. My, ain't nobody daddy big as my daddy. My daddy will whoop your daddy. My daddy's smarter than your daddy. I mean, all these kind of things is just the—that's the faith that they have in in their in their daddies. But there's a difference between the faith that believes the promise and a faith that possesses the promise. The first generation failed in believing the promise. They failed in going over Jordan. They dwelt in the worldly side. Some of you've been dwelling in the world all your Christian life. You've been, you've been swimming among the things of the world. You've acted like the world. You've talked like the world. You've dressed like the world. You've behaved like the world. And really, when you get outside the four walls of the confines of the church, you really can't tell no difference in you and the rest of the, of the world out there. Hey, listen to me. You say, preacher, you being ugly. No, I'm not. I'm telling you the truth. And if you'll be truthful with yourself, you'll say the same thing. Most of the problems with a whole lot of churches today is you can't tell a difference between them them in the world when you get them outside of the church house. They'll cuss with the best. They'll lie with the best. They'll dress uh, like flusies and whores and whoremongers. Uh, they'll do all that kind of sort of stuff. Uh, but yet they'll come to the church house on Sunday and they want you to believe they're about to sprout wings and fly away. I want you to understand tonight, friend, uh, uh, by the good help of God, that there's a difference in the generations today uh, that, uh, that possesses, that believes, uh, that has the faith in those uh, uh, that possesses the promise we need to quit just having the faith and begin to receive the promises of God the second generation believed that the promise believed the promise to cross Jordan they got on Jordan on Jordan's side they left that land of worldliness and they crossed over into God's promise 
They crossed over in the land that, that God had promised Abraham several hundred years earlier that Abraham dwelt in and he walked in and he walked from border to border and he lived from border to border of that land that God had given unto him. So we see that this crossing of the Jordan when the second generation comes across here, the crossing ain't quite enough. Y'all okay? The crossing just ain't quite enough. But now God's calling them to begin a conquest. There's got to be some conquering done. The only way that, that to make the, the promise of possession was to conquer. So many of us today know what it's like to cross over Jordan, but we never get any further than Gilgal. We never get any further than sitting there at the camp and looking at the obstacle that's ahead of us. God says the, in here, let the conquest begin. That's what I'm talking about tonight. If you want to write down a title, let the conquest begin. First of all, let's look at the place of the beginning. Verse number one, the Bible says, Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. I'm going to stop reading right there because we found out where in the first two words where the conquest was to begin at. Now, it, it, what he said there was, uh, was, was now Jericho. Now, Jericho was not the largest city in Canaan. Jericho was uh, not the strongest city in Canaan. They weren't the strongest people. Uh, but, but God's providence said they were to be the first to be conquered. Once they crossed over Jordan... They were at Gilgal, they looked and there stood the walls of Jericho. There was a particular place. And our challenge to live a victorious life, um, we, we may, be, may we be mindful that, that there are some things that are required immediately and require our immediate attention in, in, the, in our life as a child of God. If we're going to be pleasing to God, God points out things in our life that we've got to conquer. We've got to take them away. We've got to get rid of them. God stood Joshua before. He stood at Gilgal. And if you'll if you study the Bible, you'll find that God separated Joshua and got him away. And Joshua was studying. He was looking at, at, at Jericho. And he was wondering, how in the world are we going to overcome Jericho? How in the world are we going to do this? And how in the world are, are we going to... And there's when the captain of the Lord's host showed up and all that took place. But when you think about everything that was here, uh, you know, you, you'll you see that there's uh, walls that were about 30 to 60 foot wide, walls that were 90 foot tall. And how in the world was people going to throw down those walls and conquer that little place? It wasn't in his power. You see, God never called him to conquer anybody. He just called him to obey. God's got grace when we'll be obedient. <laughs> I want y'all to, to stay with me tonight now because uh, there's a lot of times that, that we just not obey, we just disobedient. We get ourselves in the shape we get in, we get in the place we get in, we get all sideways with God because of our disobedience. We don't want to submit. We don't want to submit to God. We don't want to submit to the things of God, to the ways of God. We don't want to be devout in our prayer and in our passion. We don't want to be a praying people and a witnessing people. We don't want folks to think we're strange. But all the while, we want to have all the benefits of the good things of God. And that's, that's, that's all right. We ought to desire those things. But in order to get them, Brother Joe, there's got to be something conquered. Got to be something conquered. Have you ever wanted to leave, uh, wanted to leave something in your life that was kind of entrenched, and you begin to wage war on something else in your life? I mean, I mean, habitual sins or or anything like that that God may put His finger. Ever got, God ever, hey, God ever put His finger on anything in your life? Ooh, that's uncomfortable, ain't it? When God puts His finger on something that only you know about, when just you and and, and just He points it out to you, and He says, "Look, you can't be your full capacity for Me as long as that thing's in your life." 
as long as it's there, you can't be for me what you ought to be. And he begins to, uh, to point that out. But there's some little pet peeve on down the way there uh, that, that, that's a little bit easier and don't mean uh, as much to you as what this thing that God's got his finger on. And you begin to deal with God. God, and I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll go get rid of this thing. I'll begin to work on this. But And I, God, I want you kind of to forget about my little thing right here. That thing you got your finger on, God. I don't really, uh, God, I, I really don't want to, 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 to attack that. Let me, let's attack this. I, I like this one over here. Let's get rid of it. God didn't say for us to get rid of that. Notice that, that there were smaller countries and there was weaker, uh, there, there was weaker enemies that was in this land of Judah of Canaan he could have God could have sent him to Ai first uh, but he didn't why because he knew Ai was going to whip them the first time they went in there anyhow Ai was just a small little old country it didn't have a it didn't mean a whole lot but I tell you what God didn't send them to the biggest uh, to begin with he said now Jericho not later but now Jericho a lot of the times and a lot of the things we begin to deal with God on in our life, we begin, we try to put it off. God, I don't want to quit that now. I don't want to lay that down now. I don't want to quit saying that now. I don't want to quit dressing like that now. God, let me get this. And God said, now Jericho. Now Jericho. Not later. But now. This represents our spiritual enemies, which we don't really see as doing so much harm in our life. You ever had those? People you really don't see is really do are things that, oh, preacher, I believe you gagging at a gnat. Preacher, I believe. Well, down here in the South, we've gotten some things, and we've got things that we've grown accustomed to even taking place in church that, that the world looks at and says, uh, I didn't think a Christian ought to do that thing. I don't think a Christian ought to live that way. I don't, I don't, I don't think a Christian person ought to behave that way and do those have those uh, things involved in their life but we've become so entrenched on our own self uh, our own selfish sins that that we really ain't worried about what the world thinks but we just want them to know that uh, that we got liberty to do what we want to do and we can do it any way we want to do it but God you let my stuff alone but I'll tend to this over here but we really our spiritual enemies which uh we really don't see so much harm in our lives. Uh, they're the ones that's probably keeping us from being where we need to be with God. They're the ones, that's them little foxes. Y'all know the, uh, what we talk about, them little foxes, them little foxes that come in and they'll break down the line and break down the land and set the fires and, and cause uh, the things of the world to attack our lives. You, uh, you could conquer Canaan. They could conquer Canaan without facing Jericho. They, they could probably. But God said, before you go to anywhere else, you go to Jericho. There's this particular place. There, there's this particular place there. Now, the two smallest settlements of Canaan were Jericho and Ai. <clears throat> he didn't send them to the Amalekites to start with. Amalek. Y'all read the Bible where they had so much trouble with Amalek all the time. Boy, did they have trouble with Amalek? What about the Moabites? They have trouble with the Moabites? Boy, they did, didn't they? Why didn't God send them to those big giants to begin with and get them, take care of them things? That, that's who kept them from Canaan for so long was those giants. I can tell you why. Because the confidence they had to, they had to grow their confidence in a holy God. They had to get those little things out of the way before they could attack those big things. Ain't no way you're going to get those big things whipped if you ain't got the grace in your life to whip the little things. You ain't going to get the help that you need for the big things if you ain't going to conquer the little things. Some of you will never be anything more for God than what you are right now because you're not willing to conquer the little things. Not really willing to conquer the little things. Before we face the others, we ought not overlook those things that we see as harmless. They don't really seem to matter a lot. They have they've always been there. Jericho was an attractive city. I've already told you. You think about this now. I can't even imagine it, but, but walls 90 foot high. 30 to 60 foot wide. They say they had chariot races on top of those walls. Race them chariots on top. Man, can you imagine? 
getting on great, getting beside beside racing them on the. That's how wide those walls were. That uh, that that the man. That it seemed like they were hunkered in. They wasn't no. They they wasn't no army big enough to conquer Jericho, and they were right. And even Israel couldn't conquer Jericho, but God could. Well, preacher, they don't seem to really matter a whole lot. They may not to us, but they did to God. Jericho, listen, do you know, I was amazed. You ever looked up what Jericho, what the word Jericho means? Brother Joe, you looked it up? Probably have. The word Jericho means a fragrant place. Fragrant means it smells good. I don't know what was there to smell good. We know there was a harlot living on the wall there, wasn't she? Rahab, that's where she was. Maybe there was something about Jericho, about the fragrance of Jericho that may have wanted to, you know, that sweet smell that really was attractive that said, boy, we ought to leave that thing standing. You can't smell this smell just anywhere. It's a fragrant, fragrant place. How often do we try to possess the promised land all while leaving the fragrant places of our lives alone. Those things that really smell good and do good for us. Those things that are really attractive. You ever been to one of them? Go to, go, Brother Dean loves to go to Belk. Right? You like to go there. He said them mannequins even query in Belk. That's what he said. Uh, but but, but uh, you ever go, go in, in, in Belk and you walk down that, I think that's where it is, that, that center aisle. And I go down there and that thing about take my breath. And these women up there and they're, they're squirting this on. And, some, and I don't know they what they figure. They'll mix them all up and one that don't blow up before they get out of there. All the chemicals they got blowed on. And, and, but more you can smell that thing to the back of the stores. And I can't hardly smell nothing. But I can tell you when I'm getting close to belt just about it. Because they all spraying that stuff in there and think about how good it smells. It's a fragrant place. And it wouldn't hurt my feet if it shut belt down, okay? And I don't want nobody suing me from belt for saying that, but 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 it wouldn't hurt my feelings at all, and it wouldn't hurt Brother Dean's either. All right? Uh, but the thing about it is, to a lot of people, it's a fragrant place. They send my wife a bill every month. They do. She likes belt. Uh, not every month, okay, not every month, because she pays it all. I don't want y'all to think she's a habitual spender, because she ain't. But she likes Belk. It's a place where she can get what she wants. Now I'm telling you this because of the fragrance of the place. It smells real good to some people. I don't really, there's just things, some things we got in our life that they, Brother John, they just mean a whole lot to us. They real sweet to us and, and it may be even some sinful things in our life that really got, got our attention, really Boy, we, we really, I really got a, I really got a, I got a hold on it. Boy, I really want to keep it right here. I don't want to let it go anywhere. I, I really, I really don't need to, to deal with it. I'd like to, 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 to just forget about it. Y'all get your eyes off of that. And let's look over here at this one. It don't smell as good as that one over there. Joshua could have said, God, let's go to Ai. God, God let's go to Ai. Boy, it just smells so good out here outside Jericho. It's a fragrant place. It was a particular place. God had put his finger on it. God had said before, now Jericho, I don't want you going to Ai until you deal with Jericho. You're not going to get the land of Ai until you get the land of Jericho. Now each one of these places was something, Brother Shelby, that, that had to be conquered in order for Israel to have the land that God had promised them. Each one of these things, each one of these cities and countries had to be conquered in order for Israel to have complete control of the promised possession of God. There's a lot of things that God's promised us. We could have revival Y'all listening to me? We could have revival if we want revival. <laughs> I mean, we can, listen to me, you need to be looking up here at preacher because we can have revival if we want revival. 
We can get real close to God. We can have running fits in the house of God. We can have the we can have the power of God in the house of God if we want revival. But the problem is, is you got to want it, and you got to be willing to get rid of those things that mean more to you than what God does. That means more to you than what than anything else. We got to be we got to get rid of those fragrant places in our life. Not only was it a was it a a place, but it might be it was a prepared place. Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. The Bible said in verse one, God had begun working in the hearts of the people of Jericho. They had heard of, of God's might in, in defeating the others and coming out of Egypt. Uh, and they had seen uh, God's miracles in bringing them across the Jordan. And before they could defeat Ai or any others, they had to conquer Jericho. It was a place of beginnings. Number two, Jericho was a promise of blessings. Look at verse number two. The Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thine hand Jericho. I've read that all my life. But I never really read it until the past couple of weeks. God did not say that I will give unto thine hand Jericho. Did y'all hear me? God did not say, I will give unto thine hand, Jericho. Brother Bradley, he said, I have given unto, into thine hand, Jericho. In other words, it's already been done. It's already accomplished. There is a promise there. No one other than Joshua and the two spies. No one had surveyed besides them the land of Jericho to see if they could accomplish the task of conquering it. But God had already said, I have given it into your hands. It's yours. No details were known. They didn't go out there and run uh, uh, analysis on the wall to see what they were made of. Uh, they didn't know uh, how, what size the army was behind the walls. Uh, they didn't know how many people were behind the walls of Jericho. Uh, but God had said, I've given it in thy hand. The Lord told Joshua, before he said, I've given it in thy hand, look, there's a little three-letter word right there. Y'all look at your book and see what it says. What does it say? See. In other words, there was a vision of a promise. <laughs> he said, see, I've given it in thy hand. Jericho. God wants to, us to experience victory, but we can't experience victory until we experience victory, first of all, by faith. By faith. Joshua had to believe that God meant what he said. But it's not that God's going to give us Jericho, but Joshua had to enter into that battle, enter into that, that thing, brother son, knowing that it's already been done. God said, see... I have given into thine hand. You realize if we were to stop in our lives and really get real with God, the things that keeps you away from God, not near about where you want to be with Him, the things that keeps you and me from being faithful and being holy and being godly, those things that we've kept off limits to God that we've really not given Him access to in our life, do we realize that if we'd stop and see that God's got power to give us the victory over those things, and Brother Bradley, He's already given us the victory, He's already given us the grace, He said, my grace is sufficient for you. He said, I'll take care of you. He said, I'll never leave you, neither will I forsake you. He said, I'll go with you to the end. Let me assure you tonight that there's a God on the throne of glory that wants you to be walking where He wants you to walk in the past that He wants you to walk in. And He'll give you the power to walk where you need to be. But you got to have faith. God help me to have faith. If there's anything I fail and falter in, 
It's in my faith in the Lord sometimes. It's not my faith in, in, in His Word, but it's my faith in, in, in Him and that He'll do it for me. It's really a cause of pride that we allow these things to come up in our life. God said, See, I have given into thine hand. God wants us to experience victory, and He wants us to experience His victory by faith before we experience victory in the fight. Joshua could see you know what? I don't know what God's plan is. Can you imagine when God's giving Joshua the battle orders? When he said walk around the city one day, or one time a day for six days. You get up at the break of day, you don't speak a word, shut up. Read your book, that's what he said. Most Baptists would have been messed up right there. But God, you don't understand. I believe I got a better way. God said shut up. Shut your mouth. Walk around the walls of Jericho, get up at daybreak, walk around the walls one time in a day, come back for six days. On the city, they said it took about two hours to walk around the city of Jericho. About two hours. All right? And then on the seventh day, they walked around the walls, how many? Seven times. Fourteen hours worth of walking on that day, they walked around Jericho. Can you imagine when God's given, when Joshua's given uh, the, the children of Israel but the battle plans, uh, how many of them must have thought, boy, this is the foolish thing I ever heard of in my life. Uh, but boy, if it just let my, uh, I imagine some of those soldiers, those mighty men said, if you'll let me attack this gate here, uh, we'll get in there quicker. If you'll let me go this way. Uh, but God said, Joshua said, hold on. Hey, listen, God's done told me. He's already given me the victory. All we got to do is just obey. God's already given me the victory. I just need to obey Him. God, I hope we can get the lesson that He's teaching us in this. Listen, the absence of faith kept the first generation out of Canaan. The second generation responded in faith at the crossing, but they would be called up on to respond in faith at the conquering. If they were going to conquer, they had to have conquering faith. And not just crossing faith. A lot of us have had faith enough to cross over. But ain't very many of us had faith enough to conquer those things that, uh, that seem to bother us and keep us from being spiritual and that keep us from holiness. Hebrews 11 verse 30 said, By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about for seven days. There was more than a physical force that was required. There was a personal faith that was required. If we're to have the victories in Christ in our life, we, we ought to possess in our heart what we will one day hold in our hands. What do you mean, preacher? I mean, we ought to look by faith and say, God's going to give me this. Oh, listen. How many of y'all know this? I don't want to get I don't want to get too far off track, but but how many of you know that it's the will of God to save a sinner? <laughs> what did he say? He said it's not his will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. A lot of times we pray and we really pray stupidly, don't we? God, will you please save who so and so? I imagine God looks at it kind of crazy. Stupid. I done told you it's not my will that any should perish. You see, the one that needs praying for is that person. God, would you give them the faith to, to believe uh, on the Lord Jesus uh, because God, you told them, that, told me that you'd save them if they'd believe on you. We're not trying to convince God to save nobody. We just need to be praying for the Holy Ghost to convict the sinner so the sinner will get right with God and, and fall on their faces, repent, and believe on the Lord Jesus. Repent, hey, and believe the gospel. I'm going to preach it again. Repent and believe the gospel. It's still what's required. Hey, listen, it's by faith. And what we need to do today is understand that we need to act upon the Word of God because God's already given it into our hands. God's already said, I'm going to save some. Well, if we'd pray in faith, We'd pray in faith. God, when you save my children. God, not if you save them, but God, when you save them. God, I want you to use them to the fullest of your ability. 
God, not if you will, will save them, but God, when you do. I know this a full assurance that the lack of saving power is not on God's problem or on God's end. If a person don't get saved, you don't lay that blame at God's feet. You blame, lay that blame at their feet. The Bible said that God told us in Titus chapter 2 and verse number 11, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men. And let me just go ahead and testify that when he said all men, he meant all men. And I'm telling you, he didn't leave any out. It's not God's will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So by faith is the way that this happens. If the walls of Jericho were going to fall, they had to fall in, by, by faith in Joshua's heart before they ever fell in reality when the children of Israel would walk around. We need those victories. We want them. We better possess the faith. We may not know everything that lies before us. But we can know that the results will be victory because my God declared it to be so. <laughs> he said it would be so. He declared it. Well, we preacher, where you got for that? Romans 8, 37. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. I say hallelujah. So we see the conquest requires. It requires the place of a beginning. It requires a, the promise of a blessing. Number three, it requires the possessions of belief. Notice what He said in verse 2 again. The Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given unto thine hand Jericho. He said, I have given, notice this, Jericho. Not only Jericho, Jericho, but he said, the king and the mighty men of valor. I've given you some possessions. All of these were promised if they'd respond by faith and obedience to God's word. I thought, while I was studying on this a couple of weeks ago, I thought about that statement. I thought about the things that we really want to see happen. A lot of, we really want to see God save some folk. I really want to see God save sinners. And I, 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 this morning, I, I, God really broke my heart about my little brother. And really want to, I really want to go to heaven with him. I really want him to be in heaven with me. I really do. I mean, bad, real bad. And, uh, and if I, if I want those things to be so, if I want to receive those things, Brother Shelby, if I, if I want to, to have those blessings of God, they were promised. I need to respond by faith to what? And I need obedience to God's Word. The faith is one thing now, but God, you're asking a lot when you're asking me to obey. The Bible said to obey is better than to sacrifice. It's one thing to say, I know what God can do. But it's another thing to eliminate the things in our life that's keeping God from doing. Are y'all following me? I don't want to get, I'm not trying to get too deep. But, but, but it's one thing to, to know what God is capable of doing. But it's something else when we begin to remove the things from our life that's hindering God from doing what He wants to do. So many times we want to see God's blessings and we want the blessings of God. We don't want to get rid of what's keeping those blessings from taking place. Everything that kept the first generation out was about to be given to the second generation. Y'all remember the report that came when those spies come by? Those cities, those walled cities. Ain't that what they said? You know they got over and first thing they seen well, 40 years earlier was they seen Jericho. Ooh, ain't no way we can do that. They went back and told Joshua, can't do the cold told Moses, we can't do it. But everything that had deterred the first generation 
was about to be given into the hand of the second generation. Everything. Deuteronomy 1.28 said this. They said, Whither shall we go up? This is a report they brought back. Our brethren have discouraged our hearts, saying, The people is greater and taller than we. The cities are great and walled up into heaven. Moreover, we have seen the sons of the Anakins there. But God said, I have given. They said, why we can't do it? But God said, I've already given. I've already given. It's just like this. It's just like us saying, God, are you going to save so-and-so? God said, I've already paid the price. I've already given the gift. I've already took care of it. It's already been paid for. If I went down to old Dub down there in Picayune, give him $30,000, every $50,000, how much a car costs now. And I come to your brother Joe and said, Brother Joe, I bought you a brand new F-150 four-wheel drive. You drive that thing to Idaho. It's down there. It's paid for. Ain't nothing you got to do but go and get it. When they call you and tell you it's ready, you go and get it. You going to sit here and let it rust? What you going to do? All right. Well, that's what God's done with us. And given us salvation. He's already paid for it. And when we get the call, all we got to do is get it. All we got to do is receive it when the call comes. It's already been paid for. It's already been took care of. It's already, it's already finished. Hey, it's there for the taking. If you'll just take that, but it takes faith. It takes faith. And we got to have faith that that, that individual, well, they're going to believe that it's been given. See, God said, I've given. So we see the possession of belief. We see the occupation of property. Obedience to the Word of God would yield the occupation of property. He said, I've given unto thine hand Jericho. This has been promised generations before that it belonged to Israel. The inhabitants of Canaan were holding the land that did not belong to them. You know what? They still doing that today. They still hold land over there that don't belong to them. You hear America and everybody else going up in the air about about the the Gaza Strip. Yeah, that belongs to God and people. That belongs to Israel. You hear them talk about Palestine. That belongs to God's people. That's that belongs to Israel. And let me go on record and tell you that they're gonna have it one day. Bless God. It's gonna be theirs. Matter of fact, during the thousand-year millennial, we'll probably be there with them, uh, ruling and reigning there. Uh, thank God. But listen, I want you to know that it, uh, God said, "I've already given it to him." When did He give it to him? He gave it to Abraham. I have given unto thine hand. You know what? It, the first generation could have said. Yeah, they could have went over and they could, they could have said, I have given into thine hand. It already been given. Just got to take it. The occupation of the property. Israel for years had surrendered it to these enemies because of their unbelief and disobedience. There was occupation of their property. There's things in your life. Listen up here. Look up here. There's things in your life that you've surrendered to the enemy. You ain't living where you want to be with where you ought to be living with God because you've surrendered to the enemy. You've, you've, you, you have let the enemy occupy portions of your life. And you can't have the victorious life because the enemy's taken over. You've given them ground. You ain't got faith enough to remove them because it's a fragrant place. Because it means a little more to you than what it should. Not only do we see the occupation of property, we see the overthrow of potentate. He told them there that I've given unto thine hand Jericho. And he said, and the king thereof. I've given you the king. Our victory was won at Calvary. <laughs> and sent a, 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 a and, and 
and the, the, sin, the, the seed of evil was, was given a death blow when the tomb became empty. You see, the victory's won. Revelation 1.18 said this, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, amen, and have the keys of hell and of death. Jesus is saying there that, that I've already, it's already been taken care of and I am, I am the Lord, I am the God and look, our enemy has been defeated. We just can't surrender to him. God help us tonight. I, I hope this is meaning something to you. We no longer have to submit to Satan because we've been placed in the family of God. James 4, 7, 10, 4 verse 7 says this, Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. You believe God's got to, the devil's got to do that because God said it. You know the devil ain't got no choice but to flee when we submit ourselves. The problem ain't with, the, with God holding up his end of the deal. The problem is with me and you submitting. That means we're laying aside and we're saying I'm going to conquer Jericho. God, you've given me these things. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to let those Canaanites have my life. I'm not going to let this, the world take me over. I'm going to get rid of those things today. I'm handling them today. They've had the victory over us for so long. Israel's final possession would be, see, the overcoming powers. He said, I've given unto thine hand Jericho and the king thereof and the mighty men of valor. Those are some of the people that he talked about in Deuteronomy 1. Some of those people over there that were great men. Those warriors that scared that first generation away. God was removing every obstacle that was keeping his people from possessing their possession. Listen to me. Listen real good. Sometimes God has to remove people from our lives. I know you don't like to hear that. Sometimes there's some people got to be removed. And I know that's hard sometimes because sometimes they're special to us. But it's going to be who's, who's more special? comes down to who we love the most. Do we love God? Or do we love mammon? Sometimes we got to lose some friends because of the influence they are taking us away from God. Grandma always said if you lie with dogs, what you going to do? You're going to get fleas. That's the truth. Well, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I've had family members, my little brother's one of the world, he'll, he'll say, well, I'm trying to help them, Bubba, I'm trying to help them. You're not going to help them. You ain't going to help them. You better do what Joseph did, and you better turn and run. You better get out of there as quick as you can. You ain't going to help them. I know we got to reach into the world. But that don't mean we have to let the world reach into us. I know we've got to tell them about Jesus. We don't have to listen to them tell us about their foolishness. But that's where the problem comes in. Y'all say amen, shake your head real big right there. problem comes in sometimes we want to tell them just a little bit about Jesus and we'll listen to a whole lot of their foolishness we'll let them influence us in taking the things of, away from the Lord and getting away from God being in this world we want to conquer our we want to conquer our Canaan we got to let the conquest begin with the little things some of you got things in your life tonight that needs to be dealt with you say, preacher, what do you know about my life? I don't, but God does. I don't have to know about it. That's the good thing about it. I don't have to know, but God undoubtedly, I believe with all my heart tonight, has probably put his finger on some things in some lives tonight. And he's probably said, you're not living for me because of this. 
You're not living godly because of your mouth, your tongue. You can't control it. You're not living godly because you lie. You're not living for God because you, you don't, you, you're not willing to give up and obey. You're not being submissive. You're not willing to be obedient to the words of God. For years they had been positioned in a promise, but they had yet to possess it. But this was about to change. Change would only come, though, when they would respond to God's word in faith and obedience. We'll have victory, Brother Troy. We'll have a victorious life when we begin to see God's word and command as a command and not as an option. Let me say that again. We will have a victorious life when we begin to see God's word as a command and not as an option. When we respond in faith with the desire to be pleasing to God with our life, God will shine upon us and give us victory. Tonight I want to ask you this. Will you look at your life? Angel, come to the piano, please. Will you take the limits off of your life? I've told you this a lot in the past couple of months. How many of y'all got places maybe on your land that you've got posted signs up, trespassers, do not enter? You ever had those, you see them? What's that mean? Stay out of there. It don't belong to you. Stay out. It's none of your business what's behind that property line. Stay out. All truth be known to God. There's some areas that we've got set up in our lives with God the same way. Some places in our life that we put God up and we've said, God, stay out. God, stay out. Stay out. You're not welcome here. You're, you're not, it's not your area here. And we've got Him walled off. We say, God, you don't have any access. And all right here. I wonder tonight, would you take those areas down and let God in? And let the conquest begin so that you can have a victorious life. Father, thank you for the privilege tonight that we could stand and preach. And I'm sorry, God, of my failures. I'm sorry, God, of my mistakes and the wrong, maybe that I've said at times. I ask you, Heavenly Father, tonight for good help. May your word not return void. Pray, God, that as you put the, your finger upon areas in people's lives tonight, whatever they may be, God, I don't know, but you do. Lord, would you give them faith that they could gain the victory, see the walls come down, and begin to conquer a land in their life that they've never conquered before. God, help me. I need you so much as well. God, I pray that you'll have your way in this service. God, you do what's needful tonight. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless you tonight. The altars are open. Would you come? Is there areas in your life that needs brought out in attention to God? God brought out and says you need to deal with this tonight. Is there areas that, that you've hid? You think nobody knows about and it's not affecting nobody. We'll find out in a few weeks. Or maybe next week, I don't know, about a boy that, that took the things from Jericho. He didn't think nobody else knew about it. But others had to die because of his sin. You better get it right tonight. You better get it right. It can and will affect others. God bless you.